1: And right now, Blaine Taylor's episode four is out. So if you haven't listened to that, go listen to it. It is it is thoroughly entertaining, enjoyable, and all that. Uh, but episode five comes out tomorrow. Don Holst is the uh, subject of episode five. And uh, David, you told me, hands down, you th- found this to be the most intriguing, interesting of, of the group thus far. Is that right? So far, this is definitely the most compelling episode. He's I, I, is such a unique figure in this tree.
0: I completely agree with David. Yeah. When you're doing these interviews, especially because we're doing these and so many bonus episodes and stuff like that. I found it fascinating to listen to them back. I was cooking breakfast on, uh, I guess it was Saturday morning. And um, I was listening to the Mike Montgomery episode. And my lady friend comes downstairs and she's like, are you listening to yourself? Yes. I was like, I, I was, but I'm not listening to me. I'm listening to Mike Montgomery. That's
1: the difference between you and me. You are listening to Mike Montgomery. I am listening to myself.
0: Oh, man. I'm irrelevant when it comes to that <laughs> podcast. It's all Mike carrying the weight. Oh, yeah. But, but I found so all of these very, very interesting and compelling. Yeah. But Jim Brandenburg, Mike Montgomery, and Stu Morrill, I thought, and, and especially Blaine Taylor. All the things they say are interesting, and they they throw out all sorts of tidbits, especially when you talk about recruiting great players like Larry Kristoviak and Michael Ray Richardson. Yep. Their thoughts on what Missoula was like in the 70s and 80s, I think that's very interesting too. But so much of the reason why they're interesting is because those guys are just so entertaining themselves. Their personality is the most interesting part about it. Yeah, The Don Holst, Don Holst has an interesting personality too. It's the revelations that he makes in the episode. They're the things that stuck with me the most out of every single guy that we interviewed, for a variety of reasons. He talks about the shift in the way that Montana scheduled during his tenure. It went when the Big Sky Don Holst was right at the end of when the Big Sky lost Boise State, Nevada.
1: This isn't a spoiler alert deal. No,
0: no. But I mean, it's just fascinating to hear his thoughts on the way that Montana had to change their scheduling because the Big Sky had some regional powerhouse teams that were just on your schedule. And when that wasn't, now all of a sudden you have to go start searching for regional teams to play. And that coinciding with those three teams leading the Big Sky and the rise of Gonzaga, I think is very fascinating because all of a sudden now you're playing money games. This whole no one's going to come to Missoula to play you thing, that didn't really exist until right around the time that Don Holst was the head coach. And then he had to, Face a lot of other uphill battles, not only scheduling, but playing some of their home games, all of their home games, one season at Sentinel Dahlberg Arena was getting renovated, right. and I think that there's just so many different.
1: Brought in of Luke it. Longley, by the way. I don't know if that made the podcast or not, but Luke, that's my. I remember Luke Longley wa- wandering into the the, right. the Sentinel gym at one stage. Said, this "Is my guy."
0: It's come on the heels of that, that many changes in the league, as well as to follow a guy like Blaine Taylor who left, sort of abruptly take a different job with Stanford and then also to be the one guy in this tree that was let go. Right. And some of his thoughts and emotions about that. I mean, I thought Don Hulse was incredibly candid and I respected him so much for, for really sort of wearing his emotions on his sleeve in this interview. I thought it's really, really good. And I think that the other thing that makes him, is he the only one out of these guys that lives in Missoula right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, he, he, well, I think Travis DeCure lives in is if I've got it right. But it would, but, it would have been so yeah. easy for
0: Don Holst to not stay here, and he has made his life as a Missoulian. I think yeah. that makes it unique to listen to, too. It so really check is. it out. It's. It, it, I thought it was, I agree with David, I thought it was the most interesting one.
1: Chris Great's Coaching Tree podcast, uh, brought to us by Blackfoot Communications, Stockman's Bar, and our friends at Berkshire Hathaway, Mike Nugent, and the Bryan team at Berkshire Hathaway. Uh, again. The first four episodes out now, including Blaine Taylor's, and most recently and tomorrow uh, evening, we will have uh, the, uh, the fifth episode with Don Holst. Colton, so let's get into some Montana State football, shall we? They had a, We've known about this, the announcements of a couple new hires. Jimmy Beal, a Montana State alum, great player for uh, the Cats, is uh, back in the fold as a running backs coach and now also Justin Ute, who is uh, going to be the offensive coordinator and for what however you want to talk about it, it's a little different uh, but outside the family he's not a guy not, not not that he needed to play there or whatever but just not a ton of just ties even usually in 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 coaching circles whatever it is the college level the network is First of all, very vast, like the web that is thrown is usually huge by these coaches. But also, there's not as many people even involved in it as you think. So yeah,
0: the degrees of separation, are, so they're so are small, not
1: they're w- zero many. or one, you know, is right. usually what it is. So this is a pretty significant degree of separation, Justin UD co- going to Montana State. Uh, all, all things considered, but a guy whose pedigree is outstanding, having uh, been with Coach Yost and Coach Wells at Utah State and then uh, at Texas Tech as well for the last two seasons, respectively, uh, at those two institutions, but with the same coaching staffs. And. Uh, and I thought and we'll hear from him in just a moment and from Jeff Chope, but they had their uh, a welcoming press conference today uh, of, of those guys. And as you listened to it and you heard, you know, what Co- what coach Cho had to say and then these two guys talking as well. What were your kind of just broad thoughts
0: on that? Well, I haven't actually listened to this in full duration yet. Um, had a busy afternoon, but I talked to my brother Brooks, who is a co-founder of Skyline Sports MT. He was the one that was at the press conference. Yep. The analogy that he gave me about Jess and at I thought was a good one.
1: Him listening to it, by the way, is the same thing as you listening to it.
0: Well, it, well he was there. I mean, I he was know, conducting that's what, interviews. That's what I'm and, and, right. It's
1: like you two share, share a world. The the,
0: two the, uh, we, we've reached this interesting point in, in this country in general where, for so long, one of, one of, if not the most important thing professionally, was merit, experience. How long have you done something that that translated to you being better, more trustworthy, experience equaled greatness in almost every industry. But with the rise of technology and young people's ability to master technology, that's gone by the wayside. You look at the newspaper industry, the kid who's coming fresh out of journalism school right now is straight up better at 75 percent of the things you can do on a sports desk as a sports editor, whether it's design, editing, multimedia, He's straight up better than the guy who's had the job for 35 years of the local paper. That's an interesting development yeah. in America, and it's you could make you could have examples across right industries. As my brother said, he said Justin Utie reminds me of the kid who got a 4.0 in engineering school, and he's got the greatest design for the greatest bridge you ever saw in your town, but he's never built a bridge. Mm but his bridge could be better than any bridge that anybody's ever built in your town. (laughs) But will it be? You don't know, but you think it might. And that's what I thought that was a great analogy. Yeah, that is. And and I think that that's where this hire came into play. The other thing that's unique about this is that so often coaches will have an opening on their staff. Say the offensive coordinator job would have come open before the wide receivers job. The wide receivers job was open at this time last year. If the OC job comes first and you get some really good young candidates that aren't quite ready, you file that name away, and then when you have a wide receivers or running back, backs job, you call that guy. That happens often in the coaching industry where you get a young, ambitious guy who calls you on the OC or the DC job. He's not ready, but then you get your linebacker's position open. Okay, we're going to slot him here, right? This was the opposite of that. Montana State's wide receivers job was open last January. Yeah, Justin Udy applied for it. Choate said... I don't really think you're a wide receivers guy, but I'm going to keep your name in mind. And then he, that was his first call for the OC and said, I think that you're way more advanced as a play caller and a quarterbacks guy. I would much rather have you do that than coach wide receivers. It's sort of the opposite scenario. So I thought that was interesting as well.
1: One thing that Jeff Choate said today, which I thought was outstanding on his part, and it's, it's not in this sound here, but along those lines, he said he, he felt that Justin Unity was much more of a coordinator. And uh-huh. who they hired as the wide receivers coach? Eric Frazier. Eric Frazier. He said, Coach Frazier, when he came in, he's a wide receiver himself. He knew everything on the specifics of technique and how he wanted to coach him and do all that stuff it Drills. was there all the time. Right. But he also said, I had also, in Matt Miller, had a very young and new offensive coordinator who I wanted to feel no pressure whatsoever from somebody who I might bring in on on, on that front. Totally. And he goes, He said, Justin Udy, frankly, was a guy who, you know, this was the implication of what he said was a guy who, if he had brought him in, presumably has the, the breadth of offensive coordination ability, the breadth of bridge design to use the analogy where all of a sudden if things aren't going well with the young offensive coordinator, you got another guy sitting here who probably could sit there and some things on the thing, and and now all of a sudden you got some pressure in there. Maybe you know rift in relationships, and I thought that was very uh, uh, insightful and thoughtful by Coach Choate to recognize that in the moment and go, well, you might be a better offensive guy, but well, I I can't use you here and now in this. Two-tale Two thousand and twenty-one, one hundred two ninety, ESPN Radio,
0: and I think that Jeff Choate says what he means, but he you can also read between the lines quite often as well. Whenever there's coaching changes, I think everybody wants to drum up what's the drama. And sometimes there's absolutely no drama. And I think when Jeff Choate knew that the Bobcats were backed against the wall in 2018, they were 4-4. Four and four. They were coming off a bad loss to Idaho State. Troy Anderson's playing quarterback. They're trying to piecemeal it together. And he made the decision he wanted to roll with Matt Miller. Well, he, did, he demoted Brian Armstrong and said, you're not involved in, in the offensive play calling anymore. You are the offensive line coach. And he fired Bob Cole. I don't think there's any drama behind it. I think it's exactly what you just said. Bob Cole's been an offensive call, play caller, an offensive coordinator at, in the FBS. I mean, he, he's coached in, in New Year's Six Bowl games at Northern Illinois. He's in his 60s. You don't need that guy looking over the shoulder of the 28-year-old saying, well, no, this is how I would do it. Right. This is what I would do. Right. Here's what we should do. No, you just need to let Matt Miller just do it yep. and just roll. You're gonna and I don't it think it there was up? any drama behind it. I think it was just straight up. Choate wanted to see what Matt Miller could do, and it was sink or swim. And they swam. They made the playoffs. And then Miller was great last year, I thought, especially considering some of the limitations that they had at quarterback. So it would be interesting to see the way that this hire transforms. I think that this specific hire, to me, has among the biggest boom or bust potential Mm. of any hire I can remember in recent memory in terms of an actual play color. If this kid really is boy genius and – he can take all Montana state's personnel and he can do all the creative stuff that they've already been doing and then accentuate it and diversify it Add to it. Yeah. Home run. If his lack of experience kills them, or like you were saying, if you have a defensive minded head coach, some of the stalwart coaches of your program are defensive guys. And this guy's expected to be the leader of the offense and he can't handle that sort of responsibility. It could be bad, but I just don't expect that to be the case. I think that all Montana state needs to do is continue doing what they do. Well, and they'll be com- at least competitive offensively because they're going to be nasty on defense again. That's just the identity that they've been able to build. And at the end of the day, just keep it simple, stupid, right? Yeah. I mean, y- you only lose Mitch Brown on the offensive line. You got everybody else back besides Travis Johnson and Kevin Cassis. Turn around and hand the ball at 22. Give the ball to Isaiah Fonseca. That's what you need to do.
1: Justin Udy was asked in the press conference today just about his philosophy and what, what it was. And I thought, you know, Again, considering he's coming from Texas Tech, which has heretofore uh, been a sort of you know, air raid offense and all that kind of stuff. They didn't do exactly that, but they certainly threw the ball a ton this past season. Utah State, not nearly as much more, more running at Utah State. But was asked about his offensive you know, philosophy at play calling, which maybe does have more throwing in it than what Montana State has been accustomed to. I thought his answer here was very interesting. You know, that's one thing when we went through the interview process that I felt really comfortable with that married up well was just uh, the identity of the program is that of a blue-collar football program. And the kids that play here um, are kind of all for each other. And uh, in saying that, it makes it easier to distribute the football around when
3: guys are selfless and they're, they're willing to see their other teammates have success. Um, and with that being the culture Uh, it really plays into the fact that i
1: want to be i want to be able to run the ball i want to be physical you have to control the run game with some things that you do in the pass game to sit here and say yeah we're going to throw it 60 times a game or hey we're going to run it 60 times that's not how i operate it's more of the it's more based off the culture and the ability to get playmakers the football that's what i focus on guys need touches because that's what's going to help us uh, be successful you know coulter the online world is complex And it's even the more complex when you have a business that's online. And let's be honest, every business is online in this day and age. How nice would it be if you had a company that could help you make your business demands simpler and the approach easier to understand while also making
0: it secure? One of the great books ever written, Eric Hoffer, The True Believer. One of the theses in this book is man of ideas and men of action. Sometimes the men of ideas need men of action. We need help. We need help with all of the logistics of technology. Boy, do we. I got nothing but ideas, and I got no clue how to do any of this other stuff. So that's why you call our friends at Blackfoot.
1: Blackfoot Communications are your men and women of action when your business online needs help, needs security, and needs to, frankly, just stay functioning. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana ensure that your company is online all the time get the people of action from blackfoot communications for more information visit goblackfoot.com/business the thing that i thought was just so sort of insightful here and, and interesting is he tied his philosophy of a, as a play caller as a an offensive schemer to the culture Right. You right. usually the culture of a program is thought of as sort of maybe the motivational engine of the team. This right. is why you go out and play for your brothers in arms and all of that sure. stuff. But he says, look, if you're a blue collar team, which Montana State is, if this whole yep. thing is about family, which is what Jeff Choate has built this whole thing about. Right. Then you don't not only do you not care, you're happy when this guy and this guy and this guy get the ball and you're just out blocking on the perimeter or whatever it is. You're doing the things that you need to do as a team to be successful. And within the context of that, what am I here to do? Get the playmakers' footballs. That's it. It doesn't matter if it's in the run game, in the pass game, however it is. We got a certain number of guys who we will identify, and certainly some of whom are known commodities, that have to touch the football, period, end of story, one way or another. And this is a place where that can be done without, not only without resentment, but hopefully even with advocation, advocacy from other teammates who aren't touching the ball as much.
0: Wanchot always says this, and he, he's saying it as a sales pitch and uh, a marketing element for their recruiting, but he also says it out of just pure truth. They don't put kids in boxes at Montana State. And now that comes with all the benefits and some of the downfalls of it, too. Sometimes I think they maybe they get a little bit too complicated, but they had 30-plus guys touch the ball on offense last year. They had 22 guys get carries out yeah. of the backfield. If you can... If you can make any sort of play offensively, they're going to find a way to get you the ball. I mean, that is
1: astounding that 22 dudes. I mean, think about that. You could have all the wide receivers and all the running backs carry the football in your maybe
0: middle teams. Right. I mean, 22 guys. And that's the thing that that they don't care what your position is. Right. Callahan O'Reilly scored a 66-yard touchdown. He's their starting middle linebacker, their leading tackler. Troy Anderson's getting touches. Travis Johnson's getting touches at four different positions. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you, they give guys the ball. That, right. that in itself, I think, is a huge selling point in recruiting. I think it's, it also makes it so that what you run doesn't really matter. It's how creative are you. Mm-hmm. The other thing we talk about, culture. Part of the family culture is not putting kids in boxes, but part of the family culture is the, the way that they practice, especially during the good weather times. From late spring through the summer and then through fall camp, Montana State, they have Deitch Field, which is four football fields next to each other. When you go to fall camp, they're repping the same thing on all four fields with all four strings. So you're at most programs, anything beyond the number two quarterback is not getting reps ever. They they might get a series here, a series there if you're the third string guy, fourth, fifth, sixth guys. They're not getting reps ever. Montana State, you got four quarterbacks going. And again, pluses and minuses, right? Maybe if they just prioritize putting all their energy into the top guy, they'd be better at quarterback. But on the other hand, it makes you so much better at every other position. And that's how it works. I mean, you can watch the 3-4 field is what we call it during fall camp, and it'll be a whole different mix of guys every single day because you'll, you'll be able to play your way onto the two field. And then all of a sudden you play your way onto the one field. Yeah. You're getting reps, getting reps, getting reps. That's what they're selling to kids. Do you love football? If you love football, you can come here and – Is everybody going to play on game day? No, but more people are going to play on game day than at most schools. But is everybody going to play all the other days, all 200 other days that you're out there grinding through practice? Absolutely you are. And if you can prove yourself, we'll figure out a way to get it to you. So I think that's going to be the most interesting part is, I think this day and age, you don't necessarily have to have this crazy offensive identity unless you have one that is just tried and true, and that's what you have, that's what you've recruited to. The fact that their recruiting model is – just recruit athletes and we'll figure out the rest later. Right. If Justin Udy's just creative, here's what we got on the roster. Here's how we're going to get these guys the ball. You don't have to have a system. You right. just run whatever the game plan caters to. I mean, you recruit to your offensive identity. And if you want to run the ball, and certainly Jeff Coat has done that. Right.
1: But if Travis Johnson walks through those doors, he alters your identity. I mean, you, right. your identity just is the playmaking individuals that you have. And for Montana state, the playmaking individuals have been largely on their offensive line. I mean, so that's, Absolutely. that's part of it. Why uh, I think, I
0: think about the way their offense has evolved. When Chris Murray was the, as a sophomore, when he was actually the first full-time starter for the full season, they ran zone read all the time. Junior year there, or excuse me, the, the third year, junior year, Jeff Jones, third year at the helm.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: They junior year. They yes. ran basically the wing T out of the gun with Troy Anderson. Right. Last year, they have a more traditional style quarterback that ran a completely non-traditional offense with all these jet sweep motions and you know inside zone, counter. The brilliance of it is that it all starts with the the guys up front. Up front, it's the same. They're just running a gap scheme the whole time. And then everything around it is all the window dressing, all the complications. So all you, all your job is, Mr. Slot receiver, is just to figure out okay, here's the eight ways I could get the ball this week. That's it. Yeah. Everybody else do their job, and that's what makes it so hard. I mean, I think that it, Montana State's offense has taken a ton of heat the last couple of years because they don't throw the ball like so many teams in the league, so many teams in college football. But if you actually watch it, and if you were to interview defensive coordinators across the league, I absolutely guarantee they would all say that the biggest nightmare in the league to make game plans for is the Cats.
1: It's 2TEL 1029 ESPN Radio want to hear from Jeff Cho. We're up against it, so we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll hear from Jeff Cho. We'll also uh, get into a little bit of high school hoops, some stuff going on. Number one team in the state was handed its first loss. We'll tell you who.
0: You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula hotel that truly offers something for everybody.
1: No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides.
0: That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. Talking about
1: the the introductory press conferences uh, today for the uh, Montana State Bobcats, Jimmy Beal hired as the running backs coach, Justin Udy as the offensive coordinator. But I thought your brother asked a very good question of uh, Jeff Choate himself in regards to what it is to have a... a coaching staff that is primarily built up of young guys, and then have the team be as successful as they've been—two straight postseasons, obviously the Final Four, national semifinal—and then the opportunities that coaches on that staff who are young and coming up in the business get and go on and end up leaving the staff for. And here's what Jeff Choate had to say in response to that.
3: I mean, you kind of look over the hill, and they've kind of done it a little bit differently. You know, they've got more more mature coaches that have kind of been around the block, and are probably not looking for that next job. They're probably, you know. Digging in and enjoying the time that they have to to enjoy the FCS level, because it's so different than the Power Five. because it is frustrating as a head coach to go through this kind of revolving door. And I think one of the things that's happened over time is really, I'm probably more connected to our players than any other coach on our team uh, outside of you know Brian, who's been here the whole time, and Byron, who's been here the whole time. But I think the guys get them they kind of start to figure out like what's the consistent, who's the consistent force in our lives? And so probably puts a little bit more responsibility on me to make sure that I'm connected to those kids emotionally. But that's what I enjoy about this job by and large anyway. And so what I tell them, and I've told you this, coaches come and go, the players of the program. And as long as I'm here, there's going to be certain things that we believe. Our DNA isn't going to change. We're bringing in people that I feel like can enhance what we're doing and give us the best chance to win right now. Because those seniors deserve it. That, that junior that might end up having an ACL injury and never getting a chance to play again. They deserve it.
1: You know, it's interesting because whenever you have a coaching state, changes like head coach, it's a wall. you know, it's a rebuild or whatever. But I mean, what, what about the kid who has been at the program three years, right. four years, fifth right. year, senior, whatever right. it might be. Right. Now, this is different from that. But again, Justin Uti, to me, let's just say it like this positionally. This is the number two guy in the organization from a coaching standpoint, Yep, because Jeff Choate is a defensive guy. Now he said elsewhere in this press conference, he's one of the things he likes about Justin Udy is that he could probably handle the rants that he's going to go on because he, that being Jeff Choate has an opinion on everything. And so he's going to offer that opinion regardless. And that's just who he is. And that's fine. And he's the head coach. So he, he has that Liberty to do that. And that will include the offensive side of the ball. But the point is, is that Justin Udy is... Uh, he's not going to be autonomous, I guess I would say, but he is going to There's be... There's no chance. No, that's what I'm saying. He's not going to be autonomous, but he is going to be the a decision-maker, and a he's going to create this offensively, whereas Jeff Choate is going to be a significant factor in creating what happens defensively. Now, Jeff Choate can t- tweak and change and will be the final say on all of it. Okay, I get that. But... There's going to be more of a level of responsibility, it seems to me, in game plan preparation and putting the things together. Uh, obviously with input, but uh uh, you know, for the offensive guy. That's why I think the defensive coordinator is the number three spot in in the organizational chart that is the Montana State podcast.
0: Cho I think particularly for a first time head coach has done as good a job as anybody that I've observed in after the season's over, looking at his own weaknesses and the way that he operates in the program and changing those. When he first got the job, he was a defensive line coach and a defensive coordinator coaching a football team. I think he would be the first to tell you that there was a lot of things he didn't know that he had to learn the hard way both in roster management, player management, the way he operated, all the way around. Not letting his coaches coach as much as maybe they needed to. He has grown so uh, tremendously in that element. He really is the overseer now. I don't think that he meddles nearly as much as he used to. And I think he does do a good job of letting his coaches coach, and then he's the guy that's really gauging the locker room. And we talk about the com- com- comparing and contrasting Jeff Cho and Bobby Houck all the time. And I think that... There's this notion in the state of Montana that they're so similar because they come from special teams backgrounds. They're intense guys. They're from small towns. They're charismatic. They want to create teams predicated on toughness. Toughness, defense. Yeah. There, there is some parallels, but largely the way that they operate, especially way they build their stabs, opposite. Yeah. The way that they want to build culture, not that similar in terms of what they want it to be. Their Here's,
1: personalities are quite different, too, even though they're absolutely. both serious in, in their own way. They're, I mean, they're serious and intense, but they're, different they're Yeah,
0: their personalities are incredibly different. Yes. I mean, Hauk is a football lifer. Choate is a teacher who then became a football lifer. Yeah, That's a huge difference. But I think that Choate... I'll put that point to rest. He's done a great job evolving into a true head coach. And he wants his role to be the father figure of the program to every player. And he wants harmony within the roster, within the locker room. So that guys will sell out for each other. But I think that what we have now here, what do these two head coaches want it to be about? They're different, but I think that they both have a chance to be equally effective because in this day and age in college football and college sports, so much of it is not about how good the players you get are. It's how well, how many good players can you get to get along? How many good players can you get to stay? Mm. If it was just about all the headliner recruits, there wouldn't be this parody in college football, or as we see at the top level of the FBS, there isn't parody because they do just get all the best players. That's why Ohio State, Alabama, and Clemson are in the playoff year in and year out, and every once in a while, somebody else who also has all the other best players. I mean, if you go to Rivals.com right now or 24-7 and you look at the top 100 recruits, they're going to like six schools, LSU, Georgia, Florida, and then the ones I just named, Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson. I mean, that's that's pretty much it. Every once in a while, you might sneak an Oregon in there or whatever, but almost all the top guys are going to top schools. But then after that, It's all about how to get guys to get along. So Choate, he talked about all on December 22nd and in his most recent signing day press conference, he said, statistics are great, but we're not going to recruit a guy who didn't produce at a high level in high school. Measurables are great, but we're probably not going to recruit a guy who doesn't have high measurables either. We can find kids all across the board. He said to me as a head coach, I'm worried about how is this kid as a person? What's his family like? How much does he prioritize family? What does he think of the opportunity that there is at Montana State. How much does he want to be a part of a community? How much does he want to be a part of something? Now, Coach Houck, his message is simple, and we just heard it from Brandon Casey last hour. If you missed it, you can check it out, 1029ESPN.com on the podcast. It'll be up there a little bit later on this evening. Brandon Casey said, I think Montana's knocking on the door of a championship. I want to win. I'm about winning. I want to be a part of that. That is why I'm going to Montana, to win. And that's what Bobby Houck sells to kids. How special of an experience it is to win, where it can resonate around an entire community and the entire state, but also how special it is to be a Grizz. And you can you can say whatever you want if you're outside of the the bubble of believing that to be true, but that's what he sells to guys. And when they were at their best, the 2009 Grizz, that that was my class of guys, their individual talent was pretty good. And they had some exceptional guys like Shan Schillinger and Mark Mariani, but mostly... Those dudes, they went 14-0 and, and went all the way to the national championship in Chattanooga, Tennessee because they would have died for each other because they thought it was so special to be a Grizz and to be Grizz together. That's it. It was the end-all, be-all. It was everything. And that's what Coach Howe creates, and that's what he keeps talking about is this is not about three-star recruits. Like when Montana had the yeah. number eight recruiting class, that's so far down the list on what he wants. He wants dudes that are going to sacrifice for the organization. And that's what he did so well, making number 104 out of 104 on the roster know that his role is exceptionally important to the team, but also that you are a part of something special, even if you are the last dude on the roster. Yeah. So it's going to be so interesting to see the way that these two play it off of each other. Choad always says, how do we add value to your life? That's what they're selling. Bobby Houck says, this is going to be your life and it's going to be spectacular. Right. Two different types of kids. are going to choose that. Yep. But I think it's going to, I mean, I think that each, each one is effective, but then it comes down to the recruiting. It's not like watching film and, and evaluating guys the way they practice or the way they play in games. It's about what are you like as a person. Yeah. And that's what makes this so fascinating to me. But I think this day and age of college football, if you're not Alabama and Oregon, that's how you should recruit.
1: It's 2 Tell New Waters, ESPN Radio. Very interesting stuff, and uh, we got a lot of time to talk about this over the coming months, so we'll look forward to doing just that. But let's transition now briefly to a little bit of high school stuff. Colter, it's our prep extra segment. It's brought to us by the Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank, your Montana bank since 1907. And right now, go online, farmersebank.com. They are offering 10 Ten thousand dollars scholarships to high school seniors across Western Montana. That's a lot. A hundred thousand dollars, by the way. If you're adding it up at home, if you're a high school senior, hopefully you could do that math without my assistant. That will get you into uh, into school assistance. Then I miss said the word. That's that's my problem. It's only a radio gig that I've got. Anyway, go online, check that out, and uh, and uh, get yourself a scholarship, Coulter. Uh, the Hellgate Boys undefeated in uh, well. The season class double A. And guess what? They still are. But the Hellgate girls, they are responsible for the biggest upset we've seen this so far this season. Formerly undefeated Helena capital falling to the Missoula Hellgate Girls. This Hellgate Girls team, man, is something else. Two years ago and going back, the Hellgate girls were an also ran. They were not really, it was the Sentinel girls primarily, hell and a couple of the Helena schools, Helena High, involved in there. Last year, kind of out of nowhere. Missoula Hellgate went on to have a fantastic year, and now here they are, the number one team in the state. I don't know if they're 10 or 11 and in Helena Capital, coming into this game, and they lose to the Missoula Hellgate girls.
0: I was just sending a quick text to one of my buddies who's a Hellgate alum because I was trying to get the name. I cannot remember this gentleman's name, but Hellgate has a new principal. They've had a new principal for about three years, but he came in and said, we are going to make Hellgate – Elite at everything, not just the things that Hellgate's already good in, because Hellgate has always been really good academically, especially in the humanities. They've always been really good in the arts, particularly band, choir, and e- even the performance arts. And they've always been good at the sort of non headliner sports, soccer, tennis, and they've always been good in boys basketball. Yeah. But since this gentleman took over, he's really revamped every element of Hellgate, including the sports programs too. And I think Rob Henthorn, with Jensen uh, Miller, there you go, Jensen Miller. I think that with the uh, the revitalization of the girls' basketball program, I think Rob Henthorn's doing a great job. Mm -hmm. I mean, the football team—you can say two and eight all you want. Two and eight is like winning the Super Bowl compared to where they were—fifty-plus losses in a row, right? And so they they've done a tremendous job across the board at Helgate. I think the kids are getting a great experience down there. But this Helgate girls team, they were already good. Yeah. And they lost the Blakesley girl last year. She's at Montana State now. Or excuse me, Montana State Billings. But they returned everybody else. They got the Henthorn twins who are really good, but then they added a pair of twin towers in Nate Colville's daughters. He's one of Shannon Schwein's assistants. Mm-hmm. We've seen Nate. We've hung out with Nate. Nate goes about six, 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 seven. He's big dude, and his daughters are like up to his ear already. Oh yeah. One's a junior, one's a freshman. I think that six, they're four, bold, six, three, both six, yeah. four, and and talented too. So that's been a really good shot in the arm. But that's a big win because this Helena Capital Group. We talk about this all the time when it comes to girls' sports in Montana. So often the tie between success in volleyball and basketball carries over. Helena Capital dominant in volleyball this year. State champions. And they parlayed that into... I mean, they have a couple Division One girls that are going to, I mean, one's going to Boise State. They have twins, too, the Birch twins. One's going to Boise State. I think one's going either here or Montana state, regardless. Two Division I signees. And they parlayed that success in volleyball into being undefeated until this weekend. But that's a huge win for the Hellgate girls. So, so we'll doubt. see if they can keep it rolling. But it's creeping up on us, Gus. I mean, I think it's senior night around the yeah. state in a lot of different places. Districts is coming up soon. Uh, so we will be it'll be state tournament time before we know it. But well, the postseason is almost upon us. We'll
1: be keeping a very close eye on that, certainly as this uh, regular season winds down and the postseason winds up. So our prep extra segment is brought to us by the Farmer State Bank. Again, Farmer State Bank giving away ten ten thousand dollar scholarships to seniors across western Montana. Go online to farmersebank.com. dot com, by the way. It's nice to have local things going on, but then all of a sudden, maybe there's, you think there's some nepotism or somebody knows somebody, that kind of thing. Hey, listen, Farmer's ba- Farm State Bank is hiring a third-party uh, organization to select the winners, to select the best entrants. So there's an impartiality on this thing, okay? So everybody's got an equal opportunity. This is a great deal. I mean, $10,000 a school, you can't do better than that, thanks to Farmers State Bank. We'll take a quick break, come back. The Oscars were last night. Coulter and I, we know people. You know, Coulter, the online world is complex, and it's even the more complex when you have a business that's online. And let's be honest, every business is online in this day and age. How nice would it be if you had a company that could help you make Your business demands simpler and the approach easier to understand while also
0: making it secure. One of the great books ever written, Eric Hoffer, The True Believer. One of the theses in this book is man of ideas and men of action. Sometimes the men of ideas need men of action. We need help. We need help with all of the logistics of technology. Boy, do we. I got nothing but ideas, and I got no clue how to do any of this other stuff. So that's why you call our friends at Blackfoot.
1: Blackfoot Communications are your men and women of action when your business online needs help, needs security, and needs to, frankly, just stay functioning. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. Ensure that your company is online all the time. Get the people of action from Blackfoot Communications. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business we had an interesting experience here you and i because we did an interview about a year ago 11 months or so of two folks who were one the subject of and one of the documentary makers producers filmers etc of a short a documentary short called st louis superman and bruce franks jr and Smritri Mudra were both here. And then Posi Tang, who is the sort of engine behind it all, was also in Missoula for the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival last year. And their film, Sailor with Superman, won the Big Sky Documentary uh, Film Festival award in their category. And went on to have a phenomenal season. They do these, like, years. I mean, the doc, the, the, the film documentary thing is like a, you know, it's a season. So it goes around, cycle. And uh, they ended up being nominated as finalists for an Academy Award last night. An Oscar. How about that? Deservedly so. And, really and uh, phenomenal film. And uh, the, the folks who are sitting here in this very studio are now in... Los Angeles, Hollywood, California, I don't know where they do the thing, but somewhere in somewhere in the anthill uh and uh they're sitting there, and they end up they did not win by the way the in the category, if you're wondering, learning to skateboard in a war zone if you're a girl was the winner of that category the uh, documentary short, but to have them there, you see all the photographs coming off, all the people that they're standing with, hanging out, spending time with, and so on and so forth tremendous and uh they were we spent i mean really about three days with them ultimately between initially the interview then going to the film and spending out then going you know showing some of missoula's finer points to the crew that was in town which i thought i feel very good about myself and uh and so i don't know man it's just it's something else to see these people who were that That none you and I, and nobody, I think probably in this town, in this community, in the state of Montana, really knew who they were beforehand if you heard, if you listen to the interview, if you saw the film, it's pr- pretty unforgettable to me. I think it's an unbelievable interview, by the way. It's one of my favorites that we've ever done. I thought Absolutely. it was before before we saw the fit. we hadn't seen the film yet, It hadn't been screened, anything like that. Bruce Franks walks in here. And I thought it was one of the most interesting, poignant, and, uh, 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 just broadly important interviews that we've ever had on this show. And then for this whole thing to go full cycle and last night, they're sitting there, you know, with Brad and so forth, Leo, pretty good. So, uh, congratulations to them. The whole crew associated with that thing.
0: I mean, it was absolutely the best part of the otherwise nauseating Oscars last night, but we won't, man, go, we won't go down. Shots r- fire. R- I mean, huh? we won't go down that well, road. you just did. No, it's, uh, we're good. I enjoy film. I don't enjoy Hollywood. I get that. uh, I I loved Bruce Franks, though. Meeting him, I thought, was inspiring. I think it's what journalism's all about. I thought the film was amazing. I thought his story shows you... We talk about the American dream rising from, you know, whatever you start to living in the white picket fence on the house. That's not what it's about, man. That's not what it's about. What you acquire in your life and the house you live in and the car you drive, that's nothing. How do you make a difference in your community? For Bruce Franks to live the life that he lived, as a dude who lived in the projects, as a dude whose brother got shot and killed, to then not just complain about his status in the world, but to actually go and make a difference. To get elected to the state senate of Missouri, to make a difference for his community, to buck the status quo. That's what it's all about. Yeah. That's the American dream. I thought Bruce Sprinks was awesome on this show. I thought that documentary was awesome. I was sad that he did not win. But either way, the documentary does not lose any sort of luster or of importance. Course. Go watch it because I think that that is what we need more of in terms of just understanding all the, difference, all the different sectors of, of this country and this world. And I thought that they did such a great job, and he did such a great job of maintaining himself. I mean, he, he did not have to change or politicize his own self. I mean, the guy's got tattoos all over his face, and he's in the state Congress. Right. But he, he's also just completely bucking every stereotype you'd think of that guy. Right. Because he's a brilliant speaker, and he's an awesome politician. And I just thought it was an awesome experience for us, and it was very cool to see them last night, you know, at the Oscars, I mean, what a, what a deal! What yeah. a connection from Missoula! What,
1: what a deal that is, indeed. All right, uh, Coulter, did you want to say something? Philip Rivers, no longer a Los Angeles Charger. It
0: will be interesting to see how that goes. One anybody that watched the U- now, this is a cool little small world, real quick. Anybody that watched the UFC fight on Saturday night, oh, yes. John Bones Jones defended his title for the thirteenth time, fourteenth time now, UFC record. But he fought Dominic Reyes. I kept thinking, why do I recognize this guy? This is so weird. Connor McRae has played football at Stony Brook University. He was the captain of the 2012 Stony Brook Seawolves who lost to Montana State in Bozeman in the 2012 FCS playoffs.
1: Wow. All roads go through Montana, don't they, Coulter? From the Oscars to the UFC. Boys and girls, see you tomorrow.
2: Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not.
0: It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes.